I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, Marvel is set to once again rule the universe thanks to the debut of its first trailer for the Avengers Infinity War. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Sarsha Ronan knocks it out of the park again in Lady Bird. I'll review that a little later in the show. Plus... There's some good stuff coming to home video this week. We'll tell you all about it. We begin with the news... From the couch. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. A record breaker for Marvel, 230 million views in 24 hours for Avengers Infinity War. More details on that record in a moment. First, Infinity War is the first of two movies that Marvel has been building towards since they launched their cinematic universe with Iron Man back in 2008 when they planted the seed at the end of that film that the Avengers would one day be on the big screen. That finally happened in 2012, with Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye teaming up for what was then the biggest superhero adventure of all time. At the end of that film, a tease of the bigger story to come. The big bad supervillain of the Marvel Universe, voiced and motion captured now by Josh Brolin, Thanos. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. Feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. That clip from the new trailer. Now, without getting too complicated with his backstory, Thanos is a bad hombre who lives somewhere out in deep space. He's evil, likes to hurt people, and he wants to rule. Throughout these Marvel movies, we've been introduced to various Infinity Stones, and Thanos wants them all to himself to wear in this big fancy glove called the Infinity Gauntlet, which was a huge comic series back in the 1990s, followed by the Infinity War and the Infinity Crusade. His desire to rule everything means every character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will come together. Iron Man, Spider-Man, Hulk, Black Widow, The Falcon, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses. And get this man a shield. And Captain America. And then aliens invade, Thanos beats up Iron Man, yada yada yada. It all looks spectacular. As for that record, the previous champion in that category was IT, which had 197 million views in 24 hours, until Thanos arrived to spoil IT'S fun. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Avengers Infinity War debuted Wednesday morning. I got an email from Disney at 7.34 a.m. saying the trailer had been released. I went to it immediately and it had already been viewed 450,000 times. By Thursday morning, 230 million views. I think I've watched it a dozen times myself. Oh, and there's something at the end of that trailer that's exciting. 
the hell are you guys? That's Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy. At long last, the Avengers and Guardians come together. I should point out there was a trailer shown at Disney's Fan Expo D23 back in July where they revealed an exclusive Infinity War trailer. Together. We'll lose. And we'll do that together too. If you look hard enough, you might be able to find it online. There is a longer scene with Thor and the Guardians if you want to see it. Also, I referenced two movies earlier. Originally, Infinity War was going to be two parts, with part two debuting in 2019. Now it's simply known as the Untitled Avengers sequel. In the meantime, Infinity War debuts May 4th, 2018. To be a Getty is an extraordinary thing. My grandfather wasn't just the richest man in the world. He was the richest man in the history of the world. That was how the original trailer for the upcoming Ridley Scott movie All the Money in the World began. It was released a couple of months ago, the movie due out later this month. But then, the sexual harassment allegations against Kevin Spacey came out, which was a problem because he plays old man Getty in the movie, a real-life billionaire who famously refused to cough up the ransom for his kidnapped grandson. Mr. Getty! Mr. Getty! Mr. Getty! How much would you pay to release your grandson if not $17 million? Nothing. No prob, said Ridley Scott. I'll cut Spacey out of my movie and I'll replace him with Christopher Plummer and I'll still make the release date of December 22nd. That was a bold statement as it was just three weeks ago and the 22nd will be here in another three weeks. How can you possibly reshoot scenes and edit them into a major Hollywood picture that quickly? Well, this week we saw evidence as a new trailer was released just three weeks later. My former father-in-law only buys the best. It's time for you to do whatever it is he pays you to do. Let's hope you're half as good as everything else he's bought. We need to pay the ransom, Mr. Getty. I do not have the money to spare. No one has ever been richer than you are at this moment. What would it take for you to feel secure? More. More. That's bonkers. Now, this new trailer is vastly different from the first one, but a lot of movies have more than one trailer. They're often quite different, so they may have had this thing already cooked up and just subbed in a few of the plumber shots. Because the overall nature of both trailers is so different, we can't, so can't really know if they had to recreate new scenes with Plumber or did a shot-for-shot remake of the old Spacey scenes, but it is pretty clear that Scott was not kidding at all, and he intends to deliver his movie, which also stars Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams, by the 22nd. I didn't hire an ex-CIA officer just to pay people off. I hired you to do things that other people can't or won't do. No! Larry. You brought shame on our family. There's something unnatural inside you. Your family says you grapple with the demon. If there's a demon in me, it's always been there. There are no demons here. May I have Magdala? 
That's a clip from a new trailer for a movie called Mary Magdalene, starring Rooney Mara in the title role and Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus Christ. It tells the story of Magdalene and her life with Jesus. She will do God's will. Why shouldn't she follow me? People will judge us. Are we so different from men? You must teach us different things. <laughs> Sometimes it's as if I'm not here at all. Is that what it feels like to be one with God? No one has ever asked me how it feels. The film is described as an authentic and humanistic portrait of one of the most enigmatic and misunderstood spiritual figures in history. The biblical biopic tells the story of Mary, a young woman in search of a new way of living. Constricted by the hierarchies of the day, Mary defies her traditional family to join a new social movement led by the charismatic Jesus of Nazareth. She soon finds a place for herself within the movement and at the heart of a journey that will lead to Jerusalem. The women are too afraid to be baptized with the men. Go to them. Be in my hands. It's not right that he has raised you up to lead us. You love my son, don't you? You must prepare yourself like me. For what? To lose him. Mary Magdalene co-stars Chiwetel Ejiofor and is directed by Garth Davis, who directed one of last year's Best Picture nominees, Lion. The film opens March 16th, 2018. God's kingdom is not to be bought and sold! We need to take him away from here. Whatever happens now, it's what God has asked of him. Mary, you are my witness. Never speak again in his name. The world will only change as we change. I will not be silent. I will be heard. The news from the couch continues in a moment with the kickoff of the 2017 award season. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He is Brett. And award season is underway. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear. I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one, either. Do you have the papers? Not yet. Movie award season officially upon us, and if the National Board of Review, which is made up of film enthusiasts, filmmakers, professionals, and academics, has its way, Steven Spielberg's The Post, starring Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, is the movie to beat. That's a movie about the Washington Post newspaper and the Pentagon Papers in the 70s. The NBR is always the first big thing to hand out awards, and it has named The Post the best movie of the year, and has also named Streep and Hanks best actors. They have a bunch of categories, which we'll knock off as we go through their list of the 10 best movies of 2017 that are not the post. There's a movie I'll review a little later called Lady Bird about a grade 12 girl coming of age in Sacramento, California, starring Sarsha Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? Greta Gerwig won the Best Director Prize for Lady Bird. Metcalf won Best Supporting Actress. Again, I'll review it a little later on. There's The Florida Project, starring Best Supporting Actor winner Willem Dafoe as the put-upon manager of a fleabag motel, home to a couple of kids who are just trying to be kids in a very trying situation. Okay, I warned you. One drip and you're out. Oh, come on! 
outside. Out now. It's gonna melt outside. It's melting inside too. But Bobby. Out. Thank you very much. You're not welcome. Best new director went to Jordan Peele for his horror thriller, Get Out. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. Everyone swooned when it came out and wondered if it might sneak into award season, and it has a superhero movie. The final X-Men tale about Wolverine, Logan, starring Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, made the top ten. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. A movie everyone fully expected to be on the list made it and will likely go on to a lot of Oscar nominations. It's Christopher Nolan's World War II movie, Dunkirk. Where are we going? Dunkirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this, son. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die. The top 10 also has a movie that Couch Potatoes were a little mixed on, Baby Driver. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y Baby. I liked it more than you did, Brett. Yeah. Although I have found it has not really stuck with me a lot like a lot of the other movies I like this year have. The other four movies in the top 10 have not yet been released, but they will be in the next few weeks. Keep your eyes out. There's the Alexander Payne comedy Downsizing, where Matt Damon and Jason Sudeikis are shrunk down to the size of your thumb to save on Earth's precious resources. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. There's the romance, Call Me By Your Name, starring Army Hammer, who falls in love with his boss's son. Call me by your name and I'll call you by mine. James Franco's The Disaster Artist, the true story of the making of the so-bad-it's-good cult classic The Room made the cut. This set of the alleyway looks exactly like the real alleyway. That's right. Well, why don't we just shoot in the real alleyway? And rounding out the top 10, the purported final movie by retiring actor Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Thomas Anderson's tale about a dressmaker, Phantom Thread. Maybe one day you'll change your taste. Maybe I like my own taste. Just enough to get you into trouble. Perhaps I'm looking for trouble. Stop! Again, the National Board of Review, usually the first with its awards and year-end lists. So get ready for a tidal wave of that sort of thing over the next few weeks, including the Couch Potatoes favorites over the holidays. What will happen? If we don't publish, we will lose. The country will lose. That is the news from the couch. And now we'll take a quick look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. And let's start with this. Please, come in. Hello. Hello. He's a stranger. We're just going to let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? What's that, Jeff? That's Darren Aronofsky's movie Mother, which critics really liked and everyone else didn't really get, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, one of my favorite <laughs> Spanish actors. <laughs> Okay. Uh, also, uh, that's on Digital HD on Tuesday. Also out on Tuesday on Digital HD. Victoria and Abdul in which, oh my God, wait for it, Judy Dench plays a queen. 
okay. of England yeah. for like the 12th time. Out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, we got the new season of Twin Peaks, American Assassin, and Despicable Me 3. And then on Netflix on Tuesday, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So that's what I'm doing Tuesday night. Okay. And uh, Judy Dench played the queen in... Your, one of your favorite Shakespeare movies. Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. <laughs> also, I respect your restraint. <laughs> I know you wanted to say it, so I'm giving you the opportunity. I feel like I've talked about that movie. A lot lately. Yeah, like every week for the last many weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's re-entered your, uh, it has. your I've actually, mainstream I've, lexicon. I watched it twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. It's one of your faves. Yeah. It's, it reminds me that I haven't watched my favorite movie, The Matrix, in many years now. i got to get on that. Up next, we are going to... Hear what Jeff thinks about Lady Bird. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He is Brett. And we briefly mentioned it earlier in the show. Lady Bird is in theaters playing wide now. And I saw it this week. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York, world did I raise such or at least snob. Connecticut or New Hampshire, Sorry, where writers live in the world. Get into those schools anyway. Mom, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs> She jumped out of the moving car. Spends most of the rest of the movie with her arm in a cast. It's Sarsha Ronan as grade 12 student Christine, although she prefers to be called Ladybird. Ladybird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. The movie follows her through her last year of high school, an all-girls Catholic school. As she gets set to take on college in the world, it's a coming-of-age story. She falls in love with a boy from the nearby all-boys Catholic school, played by Manchester-by-the-Sea's Lucas Hedges. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. While she falls in and out and in and out of love, she's also not letting boys be a distraction from thinking about her future. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. <laughs> you definitely couldn't get in. There's a lot of comedy, but there's also some family drama and real issues that can get a little heavier. Does mom hate me? If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Please stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex. I'm ready. Just wanted it to be special. Why? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. It really does run the gamut of what it's like to be a teenager on the cusp of becoming an adult. It's light, dark, happy and sad, never overbearingly so. A lovely little gem of a movie. We're afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. We won't be liked. Yeah, well, you know your mom's they're totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version?
On Rotten Tomatoes, Lady Bird set a record for the movie with the most consecutive fresh reviews and zero rotten reviews against it. It is at 100% with 182 favorable reviews. I don't get a say on there, but it would be 183 if they let me. Nobody doesn't like a well-made coming-of-age movie because we all came of age. It was hard. It was an era of one's life that tends to get romanticized, barring some horrible tragedy, of course. And it simply makes for a good story. The main character starts one way, grows as they go through the events of the movie, comes a change person on the other side, so there's a beginning, middle, and end. If it's done well, you can't really lose, and that's what's happened here. Actress Greta Gerwig wrote the story and makes her directorial debut. There's nothing particularly flashy or gimmicky about it, although I think if you did a scene count, you might find that there are more scenes than most movies. About two-thirds of the way through, I sort of realized that there were a lot of very short scenes. It was effective. The movie feels like it's just cooking along. There's no padding or unnecessary anything in it. The quick pace keeps your attention, which is always a good thing. And it's short anyways. It's only about 90 minutes. Sarsha Ronan is, of course, fantastic as Lady Bird. Ronan, never not good. We were talking earlier this week, Brett, and realized that we've never seen her in a bad movie. She just doesn't make bad movies, and she's always great in them. She may really be the second coming of Meryl Streep. Lady Bird is quirky in a funny way, but not so quirky that you roll your eyes or that it feels like a fake thing made up for a movie. She's also grounded and realistic. Her family is sort of poor, not destitute or anything, but lower middle class from the wrong side of the tracks, as we heard in the clips. But her parents, you know, find a way to send her to a private school. Laurie Metcalf plays her mom. Tracy Letts plays her dad. You may know him as uh, he was the jerk of a congressman in the middle seasons of Homeland. He was also one of the creepy uh, off-track betting guys that Kramer brought to the Costanza's Festivus dinner on Seinfeld. And, of course, you know Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne. Uh, he's very sweet in this. I always like when he pops up in a movie, but it is Metcalf's performance as the mom, which is gonna, going to get all the attention. She's probably the Oscar frontrunner for Best Supporting Actress right now. While the dad is sweet, Metcalf has to be the bad guy. If you've ever lived in a home with a teenage girl, you probably heard the occasional argument between daughter and mother. Metcalf is tough on Lady Bird, but there's also real love there. It's a very realistic portrayal of a daughter-mother relationship, I thought so, and there are layers to it, which are explored that I won't spoil um, and that relationship really is the meat of the movie and the movie is also garnished by many other delightful little grace notes and performances everything just hits and clicks in a wonderful way and you know while we lament a lot of the cruddy blockbusters that tanked over the summer that were not really worth watching anyways there have been it seems like a lot of really great magical little movies this year and Lady Bird is definitely up near the top of the list with things like Get Out, The Florida Project, The Big Six. So um, four and a half couch cushions out of five for Lady Bird. You should definitely go see it. There's a lot of F words in it and there's some male nudity. So if that's going to be a problem for you, then don't go see it. Thanks for the heads up on that. And you've already got quite the leg up here on the awards type movies, right? Yeah, we've been trying harder this year. Because well, what was it last year? The Oscar nominations came out. I'd seen one of the nine movies. And <laughs> it's like in three weeks, I had or five weeks or whatever to watch all these other movies. I don't know. I can't. Okay. Well, hang on a second. I saw gonna, Dunkirk. I, did, I missed out on Dunkirk. Well, I'm just going to pull up the Oscar nominations uh, for last year because I want to see where I was at in that list. So it was. Uh, no. Hang on. That's the. Uh, I do remember form. you were better than me. No. Well. Uh, Okay, I don't know. I had La La Land, still haven't seen it. Uh-huh. Arrival, hadn't seen it. Lion, still haven't seen it. Hell or High Water, I did see that. Yeah, and the rest I hadn't seen. Hidden Figures, still haven't seen that. Moonlight, ha- I had not seen it. I've now seen it a couple of times. Fences, Manchester by the Sea, Hacksaw Ridge, hadn't seen any of those either. I think I had seen Manchester by the Sea 
the week before the nominations came, and that <laughs> okay. was it. So we were both at one. But uh, <laughs> looking at the, the 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 list from the National Board of Review, yeah, so there was uh, so the post. Well, that's not even not out yet. Okay. So uh, you have seen Lady Bird. You yep. have seen the Florida Project. Yes. Yep. yep. Get Out. You saw that. Yep. Logan. You saw that. Yep. You haven't seen Dunkirk. Okay, Baby Driver, you saw that, so that's yep. five. Yeah. Okay, uh, Downsizing, not out. The rest haven't been out yet, yeah. Okay. Um, and I have seen four of these, I think. There uh, you go. I, I you saw, saw Dunkirk and Logan and Baby Driver. And Get Out. And Get Out, there you go. So I'm actually in, in not horrible shape as we move into <laughs> watch none of those movies get nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> Just be all these other ones that we still haven't even heard about yet. Yeah, that would it's be like, what? Yeah, I should go see. Well, Florida Project sort of came in and out rather quickly, but Lady Bird, I suspect, is going to have a, long, a much longer run. It was sold out at six thirty in the evening on a weekday when I went this week. Wow, and that's that's uh that's pretty telling, I think. Well, that's good. As we head into uh, the movie, or as we head into award season, this is the kind of stuff that people are starting to crave. And up next, I'm going to tell you about a new television show that I started watching this week. We opened the show with news from Marvel, and now this is a new TV show from Marvel. Give you those details on Runaways. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. You have maybe heard the ads running on this radio station or seen them on television. A new show debuted last week on Showcase, Marvel's Runaways. Hey, Nico. I've been wanting to talk to you all day. I wanted to get everybody back together. And I know that it, that it can't be like it was. The truth... I miss you guys. I could build a big machine. I hope you're right about this not being a big deal. The last thing they're interested in is what their parents are doing. Are you gonna let us in? Who are they? Why is my mom's purse here? What kind of charity meeting is this? Our parents are who we thought. Here's the tagline. Every teenager thinks their parents are evil. What if they are? The 10-episode series follows a group of six diverse teenagers who can barely stand each other, but who must unite against a common foe, their parents. Based on the Marvel comic books, which debuted in 2003, the action series explores the younger side of the Marvel Universe in a coming-of-age action tale. So apparently that's the theme this week, Jeff there Braun, you go. Coming Come. of Age. Uh, Jeff reviewed Lady Bird. If you're just tuning in, by the way, what did you give Lady Bird? Four and a half out of five. You should definitely go see Lady Bird. So Marvel's Runaways airs Wednesday nights on Showcase. It hails from the streaming service Hulu in the U.S., which has proven it knows a thing or two about making good TV, courtesy of the Emmy-winning The Handmaid's Tale, which Jeff and I both recently plowed through last week and loved it. It's still, it was so good. Like, I know. We can't overestimate that. I mean, I know that we're eight months behind on this, but... <laughs> hey, better late than never. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, seek it out and watch it. Because, yeah, I've already told a number of people and they have sought it out and they, they're texting me at all hours of the night saying, I can't get sleep because I keep staying up to watch more of these. Anyway, yeah, not to get too far right. off the train. Runaways! <laughs> the train of thought is running away on us here. So the original comic, as I mentioned, debuted in 2003. I've not read it. I've, I've never even heard heard of it when the TV show was first announced. I thought Hulu's getting into Marvel's cinematic universe now, but 
From what I can tell, it looks quite faithful to the comic, at least in terms of matching its imagery. For example, there's one promo photo which shows the six young cast members side by side. It's almost an exact replica of one of the comic book covers, right down to the t-shirt that one of the kids is wearing. So I really like that when they can pull off that sort of duplication. I went in not really expecting all that much because I didn't know who they were. And quite frankly, I'm just, it's a little bit of superhero or at least comic book adaptation overload. But I quite enjoyed the first two episodes. The first one does a great job of introducing the six teenagers and what they're all about. But we also meet the parents. So in a 10 minute span, we know who all the main players are and we already care about them. So that's just excellent writing and directing. And the six teens used to be best friends, inseparable it seems, but something happened to split them all up. So the episode centers around events that bring them back together, where they end up accidentally learning about their parents and the whatever nefarious cult they appear to be a part of. And in episode two, the events of the first episode are all shown from the parents' perspective. So it was an intriguing way to kick off the series. And I'm hooked and I'm curious, you know, it doesn't, looks so cut and dry as to whether or not the parents are in fact evil, but they're definitely up to up to no good. So I will keep watching Marvel Runaways. Again, that's Wednesday nights on Showcase. Cool. Also, last week, Jeff, I told you that I have to go back. Yes, like Jack. The Arrowverse. I quit the Arrowverse earlier this year. The Arrowverse is a series of television shows on the CW. Arrow, The Flash. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl, which was originally a CBS show. It's too much. It is too much. I quit it the year before because I was like, you know what? I'm getting a headache trying to keep up with this stuff. It really is too much, and I finally just had to say enough is enough because while I enjoy the shows, they're not great shows, They're and they're very clearly aimed at a younger demographic, yeah. which is fine. That's not a complaint. It's just I can't take a lot of the schmaltzy sort of melodramatic stuff they have on the show. It's just a little too much. But they did a crossover event last year. They brought all four shows together, and they've done another one this week. Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow all came together for Crisis on Earth X. There's a 53rd Earth called Earth X. Basically, our Earth, with one difference, the Nazis won the war. I hate Nazis. They have a weapon. A doomsday weapon. Everyone you care about, everyone you love, they're going to die. We're going to have to fight our way through. You can't fight your way through an army of Nazis alone. Who needs an army when you got legends? So I gotta say, Jeff, I mean, I, ha I still actually haven't made it through the entire four-episode event. I only watched the first couple of episodes. Good it, stuff? Well, it, it's just, it felt nice to go back. It yeah. was like seeing old friends again. I hadn't seen any of these shows for almost a year now, but I was able to get right back into it. Like, uh, I hadn't really missed anything, and I could pick up on the details that I had missed, because they did a, they, they presented in a way where, like, they were catering to people who hadn't been paying attention, right? Because oh, yeah. it's marketed as such a major event. They kind of have to... the new audience. Yeah, it's like how every episode of Survivor, uh, Jeff Probst has to explain how the, the torch ceremony works, right? Alias did that twice a year, just desperately trying to get anyone to watch that show. It was a great show, but every, like, every twice a year at the beginning and then in the middle, it would be like, I was like, I know all this stuff. Why are they doing this? And it's like, oh, it's like the reboot for anyone who's never seen it before. Yeah, they gotta just try to be inclusive and make yeah. sure you know you know who the characters are. So I was able to follow along nicely. And they, for a 
TV show based on superhero stuff, the special effects are pretty good. And I still say the TV effect of The Flash is better than Justice League. I don't know. I, I did not like the way The Flash looked for the most part in that film. I just I found his running effect rather cheesy. TV show gets it right. So I'm happy to have returned very briefly to the Arrowverse. Even contemplated going back full time, but I just don't have the time to, yeah. devo- to devote to this. So, yeah. And in the last two minutes, since, you know, we've been geeking, I've been at least geeking out about superhero stuff. And I realize that a lot of people are sick and tired of it. But I mean, <laughs> 230 million views in that first 24 hours for Avengers Infinity War. This is an event bordering on rivaling The Force Awakens, I think, for yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, I'd say so. Honestly, since I would say Iron Man 3. I keep every time one of these movies comes out, I'm like, "Is this where I'm finally going to get sick of this?" Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm not really excited. And then the stupid trailer comes on, I was like, "That looks awesome! I can't wait until it." Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm into. And I just got uh, Spider-Man this week. Also, it dawned on me, "Hey, I hadn't bought that yet." And yeah. So, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm excited for it. I don't know. Ah, uh, Thanos is like another all CGI bad guy. I was complaining about Steppenwolf in Justice League, so that sort of rubs me the wrong way, but I don't know, whatever. Well, and, maybe- and again, and it's just, you know, it's oh, a big CGI whatchamacity thing looking for magic rocks to rule everything. It's like, now this is going to be like the third time we've seen it. True, yeah, but I guess maybe the thing with Thanos is he's already an established character, and it from what I saw from that trailer, he did look pretty good. Whereas Steppenwolf looked kind of cheeseball. We don't, we didn't, we never seen him before. We never met him, so yeah. we were just expected to embrace is, this is, new villain. Is Thanos supposed to have a goatee? Is that what's going on with his yeah, chin? Yeah, it, well, it's, it's like, the same color. It's, it's like, not hair, though. Well, no, but yeah, it's like carved into his face. It's just the way his face looks. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm super excited about Avengers Infinity War and I think also it's it's going to mark the beginning of the end for a lot of characters. I bet you by the end of maybe not this one but but next year's or 2019's sequel right. we might see the end of Captain America maybe Thor. I don't know. So anyway. We'll Hawkeye find and Ant-Man conspicuously missing from that trailer. May 4th is when it arrives. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes and remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother. <laughs> <laughs>